right, welcome to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. Give us 600 seconds and we'll give you the tools you need to improve your handicapping. Great to have you in, everybody. Hope you had a fantastic Labor Day weekend. I'm Joe Fortenball, and here's what we have coming up on today's episode. Good friend of mine, Marco D'Angelo, who's currently at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, is going to join the show in a couple minutes to talk NFL handicapping strategy, as well as week one picks that he likes. We're going to follow that up with a Thursday night NFL play, but first, we begin with another NFL strategy session. Last week, we talked about Pythagorean expectation and how we could utilize it in our season win total handicapping. This week, we talk about turnover differential, giveaways minus takeaways. Maybe not the most important metric out there, but certainly one of the most important metrics out there. Let me explain. If you take the top five teams in turnover differential from last season, the Chiefs, Raiders, Patriots, Falcons, and Vikings, those five teams want to combine 57 and 23 during the regular season and 51 and 29 against the spread during the regular season. Meanwhile, the five teams that finished at the bottom of the league in turnover differential, Jets, Bears, Jaguars, Browns, and Rams, posted a combined regular season mark of 16 and 64 and 28, 50, and 2 against the spread. Needless to say, a positive turnover differential generally translates to wins, while a negative turnover differential generally translates to losses. That leads us to the following statistic. Over the last 10 years, there have been 29 instances in which an NFL team experienced a swing in turnover differential of plus or minus 20 from one year to the next. In 2010, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finished the season with a turnover differential of plus 9. In 2011, the team came back and posted a turnover differential of minus 16. That's a swing of minus 25 in turnover differential. So what happened in year three? The Bucks reverted back in the opposite direction and posted a turnover differential of plus three. That would fit within our criteria. So over the last 10 seasons, there have been 29 instances in which a team experienced a swing in turnover differential of plus or minus 20 from one year to the next. Now here's the kicker. We want to know what happens in that third year. After that dramatic swing, how does the team come back? Well, in 25 of those 29 instances, which is 86%, the team reverted back in the opposite direction in year three. So again, in our previous example, the Bucks go plus nine in turnover differential in 2010, minus 16 in turnover differential in 2011, which is a swing of minus 25. And then in year three, they revert back in the opposite direction for a turnover differential of plus three. This can help us predict wins and losses for NFL teams because as we've demonstrated from earlier, Turnover differential in the plus generally translates to wins, while in the minus generally translates to losses. Three teams experienced a turnover differential swing of plus or minus 20 from 2015 to 2016. That makes them prime candidates to go in the opposite direction this season. Team number one, the Dallas Cowboys. Minus 22 in turnover differential in 2015, plus five in turnover differential last season. We would expect them to head in the opposite direction. That would mean a regression from their 13-3 and record a year ago. That's a, one of the reasons why we like the under on the Cowboys' season win total. Team number two, the Carolina Panthers. Plus 20 in turnover differential in 2015, minus two in turnover differential last season. History tells us that the Panthers are headed for a bounce back this season, which means we would look to the over on their season win total. 
and team number three, the New York Jets, plus six in turnover differential in 2015, minus 20 in turnover differential last season. I'm going to chalk this up as the 13% that doesn't fit our criteria because the Jets are tanking, no ifs, ands, or buts. They will not get to their season win total of four wins this year. It's going to be up 500 by midnight. All right, before we hook up with my man Marco D'Angelo, here's a quick reminder for you. Head over to CoversExperts.com and use the promo code SHARP600 for a free $30 credit towards your next Covers Expert purchase. That's the promo code SHARP600 for a free $30 credit. And right after that, shoot over to Covers.com, jump in the Streak Survivor Contest for your chance to win $100,000. Today's guest is currently on the 66th floor of Caesars Palace in Las Vegas overlooking the pool. You can find his work at wagertalk.com, on Twitter at Marco in Vegas. It's Marco D'Angelo joining us here on the Sharp 600. Marco, you are a self-described situational handicapper. Can you please explain to our audience what exactly that means? Well, first, Joe, I do use math. You can't ignore math. But if you use math as your only basis for handicapping, I think you're leaving a lot of value on the table because so the bookmakers all use the same math that you know the math experts do. What I like to look at in situational handicapping is trying to be able to pinpoint where certain teams are going to be flat uh, for an opponent uh, or they get caught in a look-ahead situation. Uh, maybe they've got a big game coming up, as a, you know, a rivalry game, a big revenge game from the year before, uh, a game that might have cost them a shot at the national championship the year before. These are all things that I factor in that you take away from if you only use math. Revenge is a hotly debated concept when it comes to handicapping. Some feel it is a factor, some feel it isn't. You're saying you believe it is a factor. Revenge, I will agree, is the most overrated term used in handicapping. But there are still situations that take precedent. And in the NFL, you know, these guys, you know, they don't get up for, you know, revenge unless we're talking about Baltimore and Pittsburgh, certain rivalries like that. Yeah, those are big instances. But where it does take it is playoff revenge. This is something that if a team ended your season last year, that is a game you got circled if they're on your calendar the next year. So I look at playoff revenge. In college football, you do have more traditional rivalries with the college kids. But remember, those kids are only there for a couple years. So the huge rivalry you know, drawn out over the years is not as big of a factor as it used to be. But if you lost the game and say that was your second loss of the season or it was your only loss of the season and it made you miss the final four playoff, you're going to have that game circled next year when you play. And a a game in point, this coming weekend, Penn State plays uh, Pittsburgh. They renewed the rivalry, which had been gone for several years. That was one of the better rivalries in college football. The fact that Penn State lost that game early in the season, they were calling for James Franklin's head at Penn State. There was a chance he wasn't going to be able to – survived the season, and then they went on that tremendous run at the end of the season, came up short of winning the Big Ten championship but not getting into the Final Four because they had two losses. And those two losses, they said, was an ugly loss to Pitt. Pitt beat Clemson last year, the only team to beat Clemson, and then the way they got blown out against Michigan. So you can bet that Penn State has two games on their schedule this year that are circled in red, and that's when they play Pitt, and that's when they play uh, Michigan. We talked earlier about the Dallas Cowboys as a candidate for possible regression in 2017. Do you agree or disagree with that assertion? 
Well, that's going to have a lot to do with Zeke Elliott and, and you know, what the situation's going to actually be with him and how many games he will miss and so forth. But everything went right for them last year. You can't have a season that Dak Prescott had for a rookie. It was unbelievable. Uh, you're going to have game film. You know, last year they didn't have game film on him at the beginning of what he likes, what his tendencies were. Now that's there. And the New York Giants kind of showed a little bit of a blueprint of how to defend the Cowboys. So I think a lot of other teams are going to mimic what the Giants did because they're the only team that had success against them twice. Everybody dismissed the first game because it was the first game of the season. And they said, oh, it was, you know, two rookies playing their first game. But they did the same thing to them in the second meeting, which was late in the season. You're located in Las Vegas. The public, very excited about the prospects of the Oakland Raiders coming to town. The Raiders are taking a ton of action on the overseason win total as well as their Super Bowl futures. But I believe the Sharps have a different opinion of this Raiders team. Over under nine and a half wins, which way do you lean? I look for it under. They still have the issues on defense. This is a team that's going to score points, but they, uh, they've got to score the points because they're going to give up a lot. And I think it will become a distraction, you know, closer later in the season. We don't know how the fans in Oakland are going to accept them this year and really how much of a home field advantage it's going to be. Uh, for them in the games if they're not doing well. And it's bittersweet because this is the best Raiders team you guys have had in Oakland in years, and they're going to be leaving to come to Vegas in two years. Before we let you go, anything in week one on the NFL schedule that we should be paying particular attention to? I like the game on Monday night, and it's a little bit off the wall going with this one because the Chargers have not been uh, you know, a good team, but they have been a very good point spread team when they've been in on the road. Uh, 11-3, and three, last 14 on the road. But I look at this team, and I think they're going to be a team that's going to be undervalued most of the season. Last year was not a good year for the uh, Chargers. They had a lot of injuries. You had all of the circus uh, sidelines of you know where the team was going and leaving San Diego, the fan impact. They really didn't have a home field advantage last year. I think they're a good value bet on team. And you look at Denver, even though Denver's owned this series against the Chargers, a couple things to point out. Wade Phillips is not there anymore as the defensive coordinator. You also have the fact, and I think this is the biggest thing, they re-signed Brock Osweiler. That tells me that this team is not comfortable with their quarterback situation. Obviously, Paxton Lynch is hurt to start the season, but Trevor Sinan is not your answer. And to go back to Brock Osweiler, you know, what kind of mental case could he be right now? He couldn't even make win a job in Cleveland. I mean, everybody wins a job in Cleveland. <laughs> he couldn't make it there. Come on, Joe. You know, so I'm going to go with the Chargers, and I'm going to take the points on Monday night. Find his work at wagertalk.com. Follow him on Twitter at Marco in Vegas from Las Vegas. It's Marco D'Angelo with Joe Fornball here on the Sharp 600. Marco, thank you for your time. We look forward to doing it again soon. No problem, Joe. Anytime. It's going to be up 500 by midnight. All right, what kind of episode would it be if we didn't give you a pick? So we turn to Thursday night football. New England minus eight and a half over under 48 against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Patriots 18-6-2 against the spread over the last 26 at home. Six-point teaser play here for me personally. I'm going to take the 8.5 with New England, tease it down to 2.5, and and I'm going to close out that six-point teaser with the Tennessee Titans by moving them from minus 2 to plus 4. In addition, the response to this podcast has been so overwhelming, we can't thank you enough. 
So what we're going to do is add a third weekly episode. We will now be releasing new episodes of The Sharp 600 on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, with Friday's edition being a super contest spectacular, the first episode of which drops this week. All right, that's a wrap for this episode of The Sharp 600. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with us today. We greatly appreciate it. And if you don't mind, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We're back on Wednesday with a brand new episode of The Sharp 600. But until then, best of luck, everybody.